the big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract, ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Welcome to Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show, with your host, Kinte and Shannon. This program hosts a weekly panel of men and women who discuss topics such as dating, the workplace, family, spirituality, cheating, and of course, sex. Monday nights at 6 p.m. This show is simulcasted live audio and video between the website IndieRadio.org and YouTube, which allows members all over the world to gather together to tackle challenging relationship issues. And now, here is your host, Shannon and Kintay. Hello and welcome to Men and Women Talk, the Mars Venus Show. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I'm so happy to be here with you on this uh, Monday, uh, the last uh, Monday of, uh, of February, Black History Month, the month of love as well. And uh, I am looking forward to this topic, even though it's not necessarily about love. It's about past love and possibly future love as well. Um, But uh, before I get into the topic, I just want to let people know that uh, if you are watching us live on the YouTube channel, please make let us know that you are here. We have a chat on the side where it says, say something, say something. And we will relay your questions to our huge ass panel. (laughs) uh we uh we definitely don't have an uh we don't have a shortage of voices today but uh hey why not there's nothing wrong with the party so the person who uh organized this party who uh you know this whole month has basically been the shannon month uh we're gonna we're gonna uh kick it over to her well first of all how have you been shannon I am good. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, I'm I'm doing very well. Uh, how was your weekend? Um, it was good. I can't complain. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, now this has been the month of Shannon. Uh, we've done some <laughs> wonderful shows this this month, and we're going to close out February with this one which is an interesting way to close it out. Uh, what is, what, what's the name? Uh, I mean, what is, uh, tell everybody what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, the topic is life after divorce. Um, and I picked this and I was mentioning this to Tracy, who's on the panel. Um, this is one of those topics that I feel like everyone should hear about, um, especially for those that are either interested in marriage or interested in things that you do or steps to avoid um, I remember my pastor saying that um, if you're serious about marriage, sit around two groups of people, those that have been divorced and those that have been married for a really good long time. So I'm here at the feet of, of all of these wonderful people. Learn so much about life after divorce. All right. So uh, I'm very interested in hearing everybody's thoughts. 
I believe the only two people that haven't been married on this show is myself and Shannon, right? Yes. So we're going to be yeah. learning. We're going to be taking notes. We're going to be, uh, you know, hearing uh, stories about uh, people's uh, past and their present and their future, hopefully. So, uh, you know what I, what we'll do is, let. how about you introduce the ladies on the panel and I'll introduce the fellas. Okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's start with who I've known the least longest and have grown to love and adore. She is a co-host of the Elephant Room TV, none other than my Canadian boo, <laughs> L.A. How are you, love? How are you, sweetie? Good. Wait. I feel like we see each other like twice a week at least. I know. More than some family members. It's all good. I love it. (laughs) Hey, sister. She's Canadian and Grenadian. That's right. Yes, she is. So, and then next, um, who I've known the second least longest, none other than New Yorker turned Southern Belle. Dancing extraordinaire, always taking a selfie. Narcissa. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Hi. Yeah. How are you, girl? I'm amazing. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. I saw you. Like, you got a lot of stuff going on on Facebook right now. You I got do. the leading ladies. You got the photos. You got a contest that you in. Yeah. Like, you are doing big things right now. I'm, I'm doing we'll a lot. We'll get to that later. That's a good thing. Okay. And so we have after those two ladies, um, this one actually needs no introduction to my heart. Um, We've known each other for quite some time. We have gone from Omaha, Nebraska to other states or other cities within Florida. She's up in the central Florida, whereas I'm at the bottom of Florida. Um, I've known her forever. Mentor, friend, boo, none other than Tracy J. Mabu, how are you, lady? I am absolutely wonderful. How are you? I am good. Thank you for asking. And once we get Audrey on here, I'll just go ahead and break her intro in, and then she can talk about herself when she get here. When Audrey gets here, Audrey also is from Omaha, now lives in Georgia. I've known her since forever, um, but she'll be joining the conversation shortly. It's your turn, Kente. Thank you. Thank you for the setup. All right, let's introduce the fellas. Uh, I'm going to start off with uh, the person who's been on the show. Uh, well, actually, these two guys are tied for been haven't been on the show the longest. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Finn. How you doing, Finn? I'm doing good. How you doing, Kente? I'm great. Uh, how you been, man? I've been all right, man. Just working a lot, man. As like said, as you said earlier, I got to work tonight. But uh, yeah, just working, man. That, that's basically my life right now. You you uh, you you work such a, a stressful job. How do you unwind, man? I do a lot of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, man. I just try to find fun where I can, man. Uh, enjoy my kids, uh, movies, stuff like that. Uh, anything I can do socially. All right. Try to get all right. Well, thank you for being here, man. Oh yeah, I'm glad you're here, man. I, this this next guy, he's been not only is he's been on this show for for a long time, but since the the very first episode, he's also uh, a veteran of indie radio. He is known as Santa Claus and Captain Olaf Barbosa. Uh, how you doing, Captain? I am doing fantastic. Been another great day in the great state of Indiana. 
you know, started out this morning, it was 20 degrees, and then by noon, it was uh, about 50, I think. So, <laughs> another lovely day in Indiana. It's been a good time. It's like now, you know, the other way that the other way that Finn, you know, de-stresses and you know from his job is he comes on Mars Venus show. <laughs> That's a good point. That's also a good point. Yeah. Comes he comes in and hangs out with us. Uh-huh. Also joining the show this this guy uh, he is a uh, um, he's been on the show I think this may be his third or possibly his fourth time uh, filmmaker uh, he can sing as well his brother got a lot of tools in the toolbox is Anthony what's up Anthony peace what's happening and I think this is the first time you've actually been able to be like at home with your mic set up and everything right second time actually. He was on the sex, okay. alternative sex lifestyles conversation. Yeah. Oh, he was sitting down for that one. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. I was there for that one as well. Yeah. I, was sitting, I was sitting down and in place for that one. This is, uh, yeah, this is my that, time We out. had our notepads out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was. I, I definitely learned some stuff on that show. Hey, man, we'll so. bring him out one more time because, you know, i got a story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right. All right, all right. And this, this next guy, uh, you know he's a is a great father, great dude, a podcaster, and a teacher as well. Um, you know he's a he's a, he's a New Yorker, so uh, I won't hold that against him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have uh, Dre Andre Harrison. What's up, hey guys. Dre? This uh, uh, is my seventeen year old. His birthday's today. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy birthday! first and um yeah hopefully i can add some insight and learn something new tonight all right from brooklyn this next guy he's uh from the birthplace of uh, hip-hop the bronx uh as by way of antigua uh he's a good friend of mine he's in my living room uh right now uh he's a tennis pro and a art collector it is uh, one and only lamb how you doing lamb well i'm doing incredibly well hey lamb all right. Hola, hola. Hola. All right. We have a little Caribbean flavor tonight. Hi. <laughs> yeah, the Caribbean is represented. And uh-huh. as well as New York. But we, we, New York is in the house. Yeah. Nebraska's in the house. Yeah. <laughs> Nebraska. Who, who who throws up Nebraska? Don't start <laughs> we had this conversation like six days ago. Uh, I never heard nobody in Nebraska. Look. <laughs> Most millionaires per capita. I love that, man. All right, so this is... I'll, I'll throw the mic back to you. To me? Yes, you. Oh, well, thank you. Okay, so we're going to start this off right. First question, and we'll go with the ladies, and then we'll move over to the men. Um, how long were you married, and how long have you been divorced? Hmm. And start with Tracy and then because I'm going by who I can see and go down so Tracy and then we'll move over to LA I was married 31 years and I am 6 years post divorce 
Okay. Hmm. LA. Goodness. Um, I was with my ex for 16 years and I've been single since 2016. Okay. Narcissa. <laughs> I was married for seven years and um, I've been separated for like two years, officially divorced for like months. I don't know. I ain't counting. It's over. Mm. Oh wow! We'll get to that in just a minute. Hola. And you have a unique situation, so you can go both if you like. Uh oh! Somebody's underwater. Was that me? Yeah, you, Olaf. How long have you been divorced, and how long have you been single? Well, Okay, well, the first time I was married for nine months. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, wait, I'm so sorry. Somebody, there's there's some strange background noise uh, in their audio. Is, that, is it me or not? Uh, oh, it was, uh, it was Anthony. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, the first time I was married, nine months. And <laughs> then the uh, second time I got married, uh, I was married. After the baby was born? I call that my pregnancy marriage because it lasted. That was nine months from getting married to waiting, you know, the two months to get divorced, and that nine months start to finish. That was my pregnancy marriage. No kids out of that one. (laughs) And then the second time, I was married. uh, Let's see, was it twelve years, thirteen years, and been divorced fourteen years now. Mm-hmm. So from the second one, been it's like it was, it's 25 years all together. We were together, so it was like 12, 12 together and 13 or 14 apart. I don't know. Okay, sir. <laughs> so we'll move right on down, and that would be next. You, Lamb? I was married the first time for two years and the second time for six, and it's been eight years since okay. divorce. Okay. I didn't even know I had a divorce. I found out uh, when I went on the internet and I saw some of my personal possessions being sold online. <laughs> That's how I knew the divorce was finalized. <laughs> wow. We might need to come back and revisit that. <laughs> I think so. That's even worse than like getting a text. Okay, Finn. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, wow. Um, I was married for 15 years. So I've been divorced for almost six. Mm. Okay. Anthony? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, unmute, Anthony. Yeah, you're muted, Anthony. All right. Am I good now? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Um, What was the question? I'm... <laughs> no, I was, um, I was married for four years. I guess we were together a total of six, uh, and I've been divorced now two, maybe three years. Mm. All right. Thank you, sir. And last but not least, Andre. Uh, So before the separation, I was married 10 years and um, uh, in total, legally uh, married 12, and I've been um, living post divorce now for five years. Oh wow! 
Thank you so much. And can't say how long have we been divorced? <laughs> uh, oh, seven years. I'm sorry. No, we're still we we still have a baby together, uh, Mars Venus. <laughs> <laughs> you still in the honeymoon stage? What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Um. So let's go back to what you were saying, Narcissa. I had a feeling you were coming to me. <laughs> of course I was. <laughs> Enlighten us about what you were talking about when you disclosed your information. Oh, I said who's counting. But um, no, I feel like for me, I've just been like, all right, it's behind me. I'm moving forward. Um, you know, that's just kind of in my mindset. Okay. I, mean, I feel like I, August, I think we really got our papers signed, August 2018. I don't know. It's in a draw somewhere. Okay. But Jeez. Yeah, I'm like... We don't throw it out. Did you throw a party? You seem like you threw a party when you got a divorce. Is that what happened? <laughs> no, you know, I did not. What happened when I got... I feel like something exciting was happening when I really had those papers. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, something really exciting was happening that weekend. And I was like, man, it's the same weekend... I don't know. You know, I have a lot of eventful things, but I have been, we were separated since 2016. Yeah. And then I officially got my papers like um, that this past August. So, yeah. Hmm. Two years. I, I, I'm going to have a question for you a little bit later, but uh, I'll let everybody else go. Now, let's move over to Lamb. I need you to unpack this because I missed, <laughs> I got some questions. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that was interesting. Um, you, like, threw me off my whole list of ideas <laughs> when you said what you said. So you found, this is your second divorce at this point. Right. So you found you were divorced by, break that story down. Okay, so uh, the divorce process started around 2011, and there was a lot of going back and forth to court. And um, along that time, I was frustrated. I decided I was becoming something that I never wanted to be, which is bitter, angry. So I, I was uh, coming home from, um, uh, where was I coming home from? I was coming home from teaching and I heard a Bobby Brown song called Every Little Step I Take, uh -huh. You'll Be There. And uh, all of a sudden I started bawling in the car and didn't know why, because I mean, that song can't be more innocuous, but all of a sudden I hear I was and I couldn't stop. And it continued till I went upstairs, uh, took a shower and then I was bawling louder in the shower. And uh, I realized that um, the relationship was done. It was over. And, um, uh, and it didn't matter how unreasonable I thought uh, her demands were. I made, I made up my mind at that moment that I was going to go to court and say that she could have everything. Mistake. Everything. And, uh, and then uh, I woke up the next morning and I thought, man, are you stupid? How are you going <laughs> to give up everything? You can't it be that stupid. Off. Right? It did. It wore off. And uh, I knew that the next court date was in about another uh, two or three weeks or something like that. So I was hoping that I'd get my um, get my manhood back and go into court and say exactly what I thought I wanted to say. Anyway, yeah. that time came. I went to court, and uh, I'll never forget it. 
they do the same thing all the time. They tell you to go down for, for mediation. Same crap all the time. Her lawyer, my lawyer, and we're in the in this cafeteria or this room or whatever. And I looked at all of them and I said, I'm out. I'm done. I'm finished. My lawyer looked at me like I was a nut and he said, you can't do that. It's, uh, you can't do that. You can't just leave like that. And I said, well, watch me. And um, I said, she can have everything. She can have the houses. She can have the properties. She can have the um, uh, everything that anything that she wants. It doesn't matter. I'm out. And that was it. And for the next two years, I never heard from my lawyer. I never mm. heard from the courts. I never heard from her. They all had my information and no one communicated with me. And uh, like I said, two years. And then uh, I decided to uh, go online because I love art and antiques. And I, I was on eBay, I think it was. And mm. someone was selling something that used to be mine. Now, part of the divorce decree is that once you're divorced, they tell you, you know, the per your personal possessions are yours and you're allowed to take it. Well, I found out later that my personal possessions had to be taken out of the house within 30 days of the decision. Well, I found out two years later. So everything that belonged to me that was mine prior to, to marriage reverted uh, to her and she was free to do whatever she wanted to and she sold it. Um, something that I had, um, I had a clock that was about 125 years old. It was about a Chinese clock. And um, I paid lots and lots of money for it uh, and time. And I saw it, it, was, it sold at some auction for some pittance, like $3,000 or something like that. And that's how I found out that I was divorced. Just think so, I so wait, and then I decided to Google my, ad my address where we lived. And when I Googled the address, <laughs> there was a, um, the house was empty, but there was one room that was shown in the photographs for selling. The, ho the house was up for sale, actually. And uh, there was a room with a crib in it. Wow. Um, and the reason why we divorced is because she wanted to have kids. And I said I never wanted to have kids when we first met each other. So we were together for nine years, married six years. Um, but um, I think that there was some other motivation behind it because when we first got together, she got pregnant. And again, I've never wanted to have kids. And I said to her at that moment, I am willing to do whatever you desi desire to do. So I'm not going to be leaving. Kids is not something that I've ever bargained for, but Whatever decision you decide to make, let's do this. Now, uh, I guess the backstory is is that we're 15, almost 16 years uh, difference in age. So she was, when we met, she was 20. I was 35. Okay. Okay. So um, I thought it was necessary for me to tell her that. She decided she didn't want to have kids. It was too early for her. And so I thought that that would continue throughout the rest of the marriage because she already knew that I didn't want to have kids. And then um, maybe in 2010, she, she came from a family of 10 siblings and all of a sudden they was knocking out babies and getting married. 
and she was telling me she was having dreams of of babies and all kinds of things and uh and wanted to know if i would reconsider and i said i would be willing to reconsider and um and finally i agreed i said yes and then there was a pivotal point after saying yes maybe 2 months later she asked me if i was ecstatic about um having kids in the next 2 years and you know that's the question you better come up with the right answer right mm-hmm. but i can only tell the truth i've always been and that's why we were together in the first place cuz i'm about the truth and transparency and so i said actually i do have some trepidation about the future and um but i know that as we get closer to the appointed time it's going to be all good i've been an incredible father you know i teach for a living so um it's it's just it's just part of my genetics i love people you, you love, love you know uh if you were that sad and cried when uh, every little step came on just think if end of the road came on you would have you might have killed yourself Kente, Kente, you're just a genius. <laughs> and so, I'm going to interject real quick um, because Audrey had mentioned in the chat that she, well, she didn't mention this part. She was married for seven years and she is 11 days free. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. So, um, she, we are full in our little chat capacity here, but um, mm-hmm. I'll take her comments as they come in. Um, cause I think she has a lot to add to this conversation as well. Oh my goodness. Um, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you were going to finish, I think, Liam, or were you done? I'm sorry. Uh, I was, I was close to finishing. And so, so, so um, I realized when I was saying what I was saying to her mm-hmm. uh, about, um, looking forward to, you know, the time getting closer for kids, I think I would, I'll be cool with it. And uh, mm-hmm. I heard myself saying it and the teacher in me came out and I asked her if she would allow me to um, talk to her, not as a husband, but as a friend, just like I would be talking to my uh, any good friend of mine. And uh, I said, you know what? I just heard what I just said and it didn't even sound right. Not to someone that's ex- as excited as you are. I said, if you think about Christmas and that buildup that you used to have as a child when Christmas was coming and you wanted to know what was in the box, what was in that gift box or what was underneath the tree. And I'd be shaking the boxes, trying to figure out if it was making no- a certain type of noise or whatever, just to, you know, I was just excited. And yeah. so I figured that that's the kind of excitement that she had, but I wasn't in the same state. May I ask mine. a question? Sure. And- I'm not putting on my marriage counselor's hat. Hold okay? on a second. Wait a minute. First, you can't qualify anything. So just say whatever you want to say. Okay. So, so when when at 35 years old, um, when you were dating her, you never considered that she may want children because you met her so young. That wasn't that was never a consideration of yours. Um. Uh, I'll tell you no, why. No, 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 no. It's it wasn't a consideration because um, I clearly defined what I was looking for in a relationship, and so. Um, but you know, when we when we connected, it was just a sex thing the first the first couple of months, and then after that, 
she I didn't see her for the next two years. Mm. Okay, and then she came back into the picture and asked me if I was on the open market, and uh, and if I was, she wanted to take me off the market, and so that was it. Um, we got married um, maybe two and a half years after after she got back, and um, uh, I didn't think it was a question that needed to be revisited. But as I, I told you, she got pregnant around that time, and decided that she did not want to have children at that time and said that um, she she doesn't know if she'll feel that way forever, but that's how she feels now. So I honored that. I, you know, I can't try to figure, I can't try to figure somebody out. And I've never been in a situation. Well, that's not true. Um, uh, my first girlfriend in college, she wanted kids right away. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna have kids at 19. 24 came around and we broke up because of the whole kid thing again so uh here i was now experiencing it and um bottom line is i told her she needs to be with someone that was going to be just as excited as she was about this future event like taking a cruise i'm not trying to you know you don't want to enjoy the destination or think about the destination you want to be able to enjoy the trip as you go along and she couldn't enjoy that trip with me and so my suggestion was that we would just move on you know because she wants to she clearly wants to have kids she knew that and she agreed and it was the greatest breakup ever you know we still slept in the same bed until uh th there was a transition you know one of us leaving the home and then it was determined that i was going to leave the home and um i think the drama came about when uh, i just initially i decided to walk away with nothing uh -huh. And then I decided that I wanted something. And that's when the drama started. Well, and um, the lawyers came into play. Well, yeah, I mean, look, uh, we're going we're gonna to make sure we get it to get to everybody. But um, I forgot what the original question was. That was pretty long winded, uh, Lamb. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was the original question? <laughs> Shady. Shady. Shady, what was the original question? You need a Facebook. No, I was just asking him about his story. Oh, that's right. You did. You did say ask him his story, so he did. Yeah, give you the story. I was going to move over to Finn because I know Finn is here right. and he's on a time constraint, so we can move down to Finn. Hello. Finn, are you here? Yes. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. What's going on? I just want to hear you talk for a few minutes, sir. <laughs> Cut it out. What's your question? Um, my question for you, sir, um, is. What was the straw for you that made divorce a reality? Uh, for me, it was um, I just was tired of being there for everybody but myself. Um, I knew five years in that I wasn't happy. And uh, we separated yeah. for about a year. And then because of the kids and my family, oh, you know, you guys got to make it work. I went back and 10 years later, I still wasn't happy. And I decided, you know, I got to live for me. The kids will be fine one way or the other. But, yeah. you know, but I'm making definitely two people miserable because she had been, she definitely wasn't as happy either. So that was all to be for me. I just decided hey, I got to, you know, I'm not doing anybody justice by forcing it. Can, can I ask the panel a question? Um, of course you can. Um, OK, you guys. So when you guys got a divorce, like how long were you unhappy before you got the divorce? Um we can let's start with LA. We'll go, we'll start with LA and then we'll 
you know, how long? Start with me. <laughs> well, you know, I want to, you know, we want everybody you know, to. Like, That's why. <laughs> I was unhappy when um, I got pregnant right before my mar- my wedding day. Like three or three and a half months before my wedding day, I got mm-hmm. pregnant after being with him for nine years and never getting pregnant. Mm. So is that why you guys got married? No, we were, I was, we were engaged already. We were engaged. Um, we got engaged after seven years of being together. And then I waited for two more years. And just prior to our wedding day, I got pregnant um, during makeup sex because I think he was fooling around in his bachelor party. Oh, okay. So I think that's when the sadness started. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not sad about it anymore. But um, it was really hard to live. Try and live with someone that makes you unhappy, mm-hmm. or that you feel unhappy as a result of being with that person, because you feel invisible. You feel like they're not prioritizing your feelings in any way um and you feel a distance even though you're living with that person um and you're trying to figure out when should i go when should i stay should i stay um look at all the things that we've done together look at the kids like there's all of these different reasons that you try to convince yourself why you should stay in the situation um, and then ultimately, we live in a, a world where we talk about our happiness more than anything, our personal happiness. Mm. And we can sometimes, you know, substitute a community for ourselves. Yeah. Which, yeah. So I think that for me, it just got to the point where when you talk about the straw, Shannon, the straw that broke the back for me was when we were trying counseling. And I felt like he just didn't understand what I was trying to get at. And he mm. responded by saying, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. That's not my fucking problem. So, hey. so I think at that stage, it was kind of like, okay, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. <laughs> no mm. point going further. That's real. Well, welcome, Audrey. I know we got Audrey in here now. And hey, Hello, everyone. How are you? Fine. Uh, do you, you have your uh, camera off on purpose? For me? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know I did. Mm-hmm. But hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In other words, she's going to keep her camera off. Mind your business. <laughs> Mind your business and your manners. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, mm-hmm. in 2019. Okay. Well, I know Narcissa also has a time constraint. So, Narcissa, tell us. um, And I know you had talked about kind of your marriage um, in a short bit when we were on the single and looking. Uh And so, unpack what was a straw for you and how you arrived to. I'm over it. I'm glad it's done. Um, so for me, I think it was, um, I honestly, I was not the one that wanted to end my, the marriage. My husband wanted to end our marriage. 
And so it wasn't until after we separated that I realized that I was like, see, so you weren't, you weren't happy. Like, you know, sometimes we think we're at this place where we're happy and, you know, um, we're just doing life, you know, and it's not until you come out of a situation that you can actually look back and say, I really wasn't my happiest. I really wasn't my healthiest. I wasn't, I really wasn't whole in that situation. And so for me, there were times in the relationship where I felt like, I always use this scenario, this, this picture. It's like I was going to work and I was putting in overtime because they weren't doing their part. Mm. So for me, I know throughout our relationship, I was the one that was kind of just emotionally giving, emotionally pouring into the relationship because essentially, you know, and to say if they heard this, they would they would say these are the very words that they use. They can't give me what they don't have. So he couldn't give me love that he didn't have for me. So of course right. I was putting in more. Um, and so. Not until after we separated and then I just was like, wow, like, no, look at you. Like your life has just totally changed. You have come into the full essence of who you were. And I didn't think I realized that because like my close friends who were there was like, I see, so you've always been this bright, bubbly person. Now you are that person, but you're kind of like just toned down and changed or just not like your, your, your vibrant self. And so I didn't really get that as they were telling it to me when I was married, but now mm -hmm. out of it, it's like, wow, yo, I see. Okay. Okay. God, I feel you did that. So, you know, for me accepting that the fact that he didn't want the marriage was really, really hard. Like, I just, like, God, that's not what I signed up for. Together forever. Like, okay, death do us part. We're not dead. What are we doing? Like, let's work, you know, but you have to be with someone who's willing to work. You know, you can't do it alone and it takes a unified front. So, yeah. Yep. The saying is you can't be in a ring by yourself and call it a fight. Oh, you cannot. You cannot. And especially, I think, like, when someone's pushing you out, but you're like still holding on. It's like you're worth, you know, I realize now looking back, like, you know, you, I was worth so much more than to be trying to hold on to someone who didn't want me doing things, making, you know, choices that obviously aren't choices that shows a unified front or shows someone who wants to work towards a healthy relationship. So, oh. but here she is, post-divorce, oh. my best life. And that's what I was gonna say too, when I thought about the topic and everything, yes. I was People think about being divorced, like, oh my God, it's like this dreadful thing. And like, I'm not gonna lie in the beginning, it was, it was hard. I had to go through these different phases, but it's like, I could not be in the <laughs> most creative place that I'm in now if I wasn't. Um, yes. I wouldn't be able to be in my most creative place that I'm in now if I was still married. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. Yeah, so. Yes. <laughs> well, you definitely got big things on the horizon, ma'am. So blessings to yes, you. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, but I'll definitely hop back on if you guys are still on. I'll jump we'll in. We'll still be on. It's a party. It's a party. It's a party. Now, yeah, we have a whole bunch of people on the show. So I know. Let, let me see. It's 930. Y'all can be here for like 11 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Look, pretty much. Pretty much. Okay. Of course, love you all. Hey, you know what? Shout out to this live because I see I knew Andre. I was like, yo, I'd even like, yo, that's so crazy. Y'all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are crazy. Bye.
So, <laughs> okay, so I want to piggyback off of something Narcissa said, and actually LA said it as well, and then we'll catch the rest of you that haven't spoken about your straw that broke the camel's back. And actually, I would rather say what I'm going to say, but Tracy is the one that's going to elaborate. Um, Narcissa is the one that mentioned <laughs> happiness. And Tracy and I have had this conversation about happiness in a marriage. Tracy, do you remember this conversation? I remember this conversation. Will you enlighten us? Uh, we had the conversation about, about being happy in a relationship, and Shannon made it clear to me that God did not call us to happiness. He called us to holiness. And that means sometimes that you're not going to be happy in the relationship because happiness is based on happenings and everything's not going to always be happening your way. But you can still be holy and maintain that relationship and do what you have to do in the relationship in spite of being happy. Now, that was in relationship to her understanding something about herself. Me and Tracy are right. friends. Um, right. And I always give my disclaimer, and Audrey can vouch for this as well because Audrey and I are friends. I always say, although I'm not married, here is my tidbit. You can right. take it or leave it. Um, but what we did, and I further expounded on that and said, even though happiness is not something that someone else can give you, right. you can still find joy yeah. in that that time of frustration or um, confusion because you're working on you in the process. It's not always going to be about that other person. Yes, the two become one. But if they're not willing to be compliant right. with the marriage, you still have to work on your sanity. You still have to work on your wholeness. You still have to work on your functioning, especially if you have children, because you have to function for someone other than yourself. Um, so there's the context in that. Um, Tracy. Yes. Our, I think you are our longest panel member that has been married the longest. So if you would like to share what was the straw for you, how that unfolded in your marriage, um, bless us with your story um, or tidbits of it. Okay, well, I too, like Narcissa, didn't want the divorce. But uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was I found out that my ex-husband was having a, had had a three-year affair with my best, for our best friend. Ooh. We were couples. We traveled together. My mm. called them auntie and uncle. They called us auntie and uncle. And they... I found out that they had, I knew something was going on when I the extent of it. It had been going on for three years. Um, even with that going on, I, I actually left him, but he divorced me. And I had, like uh, the, the gentleman before, I can't remember, remember your name. But Sheep. What is it? Sheep. Sheep. <laughs> but I, um, I received divorce papers in the mail. I was married 31 years. Damn. Um, I left him November 3rd. I received divorce. I was served divorce papers at my sister's house November 4th of the same year and was divorced by May. Mm. So a 31 oh. year marriage ended in less than six months. I was, and say what, you, say what your, uh, your ex-husband's job was. My ex-husband's job, not was, is. <sighs> he is a senior pastor, still is a senior pastor. Um, and I went to that church. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and like like um, Narcissa said, I didn't I didn't when I left, I had no intention on being gone. I had I was sick the whole for three years. I knew the affair had gone on, but I stayed because I my faith, my blind faith, 
and not realizing that it's like green leaf. Like green leaf. You should sue Greenleaf for real though. <laughs> but not realizing in my mind, in my heart, I knew it was over, but in my mind, I just couldn't let go of the fact that this was it. This I met this guy when I was 14. This is the only man I've ever dated, only man I've ever spent mm. my entire life with. And to think that it was that <coughs> walking out of my life, I, even when I left, I could not accept that. I had dropped 116 pounds and left less than 18 months. Um, I was on all types of medication because I was just dying in this relationship. And I didn't realize that until I left. And then when I left November 3rd, he served me court court ordered, signed divorce papers mm. on November 4th. And I had six months, five months to prepare to go to court. And so in all of that, um, I went in, the judge asked me what did I, I told him I still didn't want to divorce. And the judge was like, well, Mrs. Adams, I can't leave you in a marriage where somebody doesn't want you. I wouldn't do that to you. But what do you want? And I said, I don't want anything. I just want whatever you're going to give me. Mm. So I walked out of there. I left the house. I left the clothes. I, all I had the pulpit was and everything. and my two dogs. And that was it. Mm -hmm. I left. And I walked out of the courtroom with 10 years of alimony and two retirement accounts. So, but. No, I don't um, look at God. But, but I mean. Won't even do it. It was the best. I didn't see it at the time, but now six years later, it was the best thing that ever could have happened to me mm. because I had morphed into someone who God didn't make me to be. I had morphed into what that man had formed. Yeah. My children. Are, are they still together? Oh, they're engaged. Yeah. So you was willing to stay with him? That's what they want to know from the audience. Who said what? I was willing to stay with them. Yeah. I mean, at the time, at the time. At the time, oh yes. At the time, I was willing to stay with him because I had invested thirty-one years. In right. My children were grown. This was supposed to be our golden years, you know. My children were in college, so I'm, then, I'm thinking, you know, this is a phase, midlife crisis he's going through. But I think the the really the straw that broke the camel's back mm -hmm. was that he had this had gone on before, okay? But it was never where it was public. He was going mm. out in public with her. He was taking trips with her. And I think the, the straw for me was that the humiliation. Mm. You had a relationship. You had, at least in the others, you know, I, he kept me protected from that. I found out later or whatever. This was wide open. Everybody knew in the city. It was a huge scandal, everything. And so when I got the divorce papers and I called him and I said, you know, you're going to send me divorce papers and not even tell me. He told me, I don't owe you nothing. He said, if you mm. come back. He said, if you come back, I'll take the divorce off the table. And I said, well, what well, am I coming back to? He said, I don't see. I'm not the problem. So I mm. said, okay, go ahead with your divorce. But he wanted me to come back to save face. Because now right. we had a huge church. Mm -hmm. They were wondering where she at, what's going on. Mm -hmm. They knew what was going on with him. And um, he wanted me to come back to save face. But it was the best thing that could happen. And I am so happy. I am so free. Um, I went to my daughter's show. My daughter sings with the band. And... Uh, Saturday night, I went to her show and I was dancing in the parking lot. And when I got in the car, I just said, "Lord, I thank you," because there was a time yeah. I could not do that. Yeah, I, I dance. I could not go anywhere. I could not. This man picked up my clothes. This man name was on everything. My my house, my car, my bank accounts. Nothing on my own. And just to be able to dance in a parking lot, and people say, "Oh my goodness, she she pumped, she hyped." 
whatever. And I'm just dancing in the parking lot with no care in the world. And I got in the car and it hit me. Lord, I'm free. Free like Mandela. Free to dance. Free to lift your head. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons why. Thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing that. That is one of the reasons why I had Tracy on here. And I don't know if any of our audience members saw our 24-hour podcast. Tracy was also on one of those. Um, and talked about living beneath his shadow, um, which is her blog, her upcoming book. Um, she does a Friday, a Friday Chronicles um, in the afternoon on Facebook. So she shares radio broadcast. I know, yeah, I know, yes. I know what topic he doesn't preach about. <laughs> he might preach about it. I mean, some if he do, do everybody in this congregation should be like, "You lie." <laughs> <laughs> Wow. People are conflicted. I mean, the congregation is still there. What did John Gray? Um, what did John Gray's um, wife say? That that's no, that was the devil. It wasn't him. Listen, <laughs> listen. Um, but I was saying that to say that you're a blessing to mm-hmm. so many. People. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. There are many people on Facebook, and I and I remember having the conversation with you because we've been back and forth visiting with one another since she moved to Florida, and then I followed subsequently to another city. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember asking the question, who is Tracy J? You did. And challenging her to step outside of the covering of first lady, covering of wife, mm. covering of daughter, covering of mother, all these hats that we wear so well, and sometimes not so well, and find out who the heart of she is, what makes her think, what makes her tick, what makes her happy, what makes her sad, you know, what she enjoys doing. And since you've moved to Florida, I mean, you done stepping all mm-hmm. over the country out yeah. of the country yeah um, you know doing amazing things on your job you know you're in your own place have your own car you work with the radio station and have your own show on that so you have grown and developed an identity mm-hmm. not just under the tutelage of god the father but just giving yourself the room to breathe in your own right, right. Mm-hmm. not I- all those other things and I have to commend you because you've walked this journey with me. Because first of all, you were one of my armor bearers at the church. And you walked this journey with me from the time I left till I got here. And I always say that you challenge me. You always come around at the right time and challenge me to do what I need to do. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a, I am have to be transparent. There are times when it's not a happy day. You know, yeah, yeah. It's not a good day. And you have to say, okay. How am I going to make it through this day or through this moment? And some of the tools that you've given me have helped me to get through those moments. Now, they still come, but they don't come as often and they don't stay as long. Um, but you, you've helped me, gave, given me tools to be able to get through that. And I'm in a good place. You know, I'm at, I'm at a good place and I'm growing right. and learning and I'm still evolving into who I'm going to be um, at 55 years old. So it's... It, and that's why my model will always be everybody needs a friend until it's time to be one. Right. Divorce is no different than death in some instances. It's like yeah. even when it's over, it's not really over. That grief cycle continues to arise in some people's lives. And if you are not present in someone's life in the good and the bad, don't just be around when they're living at the best of their life. Sometimes you need to be present, even if it's just to sit and be still and be present in the parts where it's considered the worst of their life so um kudos to you um Audrey, now, 
Wait, wait, real quick. I, I want to say uh, I want to thank the audience who's who's been with us since the beginning of the show and yeah. who's come in since. Uh, I want to take a moment to shout out some people. Uh, I see Diedrich Williams in the, the chat room, as well as my good friend, the Piscean Liberty of A View TV. Uh, we got to get you back on the show lap. Uh, I see uh, so so Steph who will be on next week uh, on the show as well. Uh, looking forward yes, to seeing her on the show as always. Uh, we have Sunflower, of course. I'm so glad to see her. I haven't talked to her in like forever. Um, and uh, also, let's see. Oh, Boogie is in the chat room as well. Uh, and um, so for all those people who uh, are on the chat room who haven't made their voices be heard, I know it's way more people than that. Uh, let us know that you are here and we will <coughs> give you a shout out. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I'm gonna shout out real quick to my mommy because I know she's in there, but she's not gonna be in no chat with nobody. She's watching it. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. All right, Audrey, would you like to tell us the straw that broke your camel's back in your marriage? Our newest divorcee. <laughs> yes. Um, I was married for seven years. And probably two years into the marriage, uh, we separated. Um, it was a whole lot of, just a whole lot of everything going on. Um, we separated. <clears throat> it wasn't proven infidelity, but we separated. Um, spent some time apart. Uh, got back together. Uh, then probably around year four, we separated again. That time it was proven infidelity. Um, it was crazy. Um, the whole saying, like, everything done in the dark comes to light. Uh, the person that he was creeping with just so happens to get her hair done by my cousin. So, boom, that's how that ended up coming out. And so um, we separated, filed papers, legally separated. Um, we were legally separated for about a year and a half, not quite two years. And um, the process of the separation, I went through a range of emotions. Um, first, it was like, you know, I don't need him. I'm good, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then I think... I got to a place where like the dating pool was looking real grungy and I was like, "Ugh, do I really want to go back into this? Um, and so the time we were separated, he was constantly talking about, I want my family back. I want my family back. And so actually Rachel's wedding uh, came back from um, one of my bestest friends wedding <clears throat> and it was like, okay, let's give it a try. We started counseling again. We reconciled, um, you know, ended the legal separation, stopped the whole process. We were together a good two years. And then infidelity came into the picture again. Um, it took a minute for me because the first time infidelity, it hurt me because I was like, so caught up on what I thought a perfect wife would be, a perfect mother would be, 
um, trying to maintain home, trying to maintain the kids and do my wifely duties. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it caught me off guard because I thought I was doing everything that I was supposed to do. Everything that a good wife, a good mother was supposed to do. And then for you to still step out of our marriage. And for me, what we did, we did premarital counseling. And I remember one of the questions was, what is your deal breaker? What is that one thing that you feel that you could not recover from? And for me, it was infidelity. And that was the one thing that he did. It was like, that was the deal breaker. And that's what you're going to do. And so um, the first time with infidelity, that hurt. But I got over it. We reconciled. But this time, it was kind of like, first time, shame on you. Second time, shame of me. So um, I went ahead and filed papers um, in August. And... um, on Valentine's Day, 2019, went to court and got that puppy finalized. Mm-hmm. And I am 11 days free, divorced. All right. And still kind of shaky, but like I said, somebody questioned in the chat earlier. I feel like I'm free. It was over time. It been time. Yeah. Thank you, Audrey, for sharing. Yeah, thank you, You're Audrey. Welcome. Thank you, Audrey. Um, Appreciate you. So I have the question. I'm going to start with the guys on this um, and starting with Anthony. Um, the The subject of um, of uh, adultery, uh, cheating, whatever you want to call it, as keep coming up. Is that a is that a dead breaker, a, de- a dead breaker, a deal breaker for you, uh, Anthony? All right, check one, two. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Can mm-hmm. you hear me? Hello? Yeah, yeah. You good? Okay. All right. Um, at one point in life, it would have been a deal breaker. At this point in life, it's not. Um, reason being because I think there's so much emphasis placed on the act of extramarital affair or the act of uh, sex outside of marriage. Like, that is the most egregious thing that could be ha- that, that could happen to you. Now, I understand that betrayal lies in that there's loyalty that's lost there's trust that's lost but then in that same regard i don't necessarily hold that over lying that same level of trust is is at jeopardy um just anything that's out of the realm of my or our best interest is equivalent you know i mean um outside of like the you know, seven deadly sins, but I think if like, okay, a mother who has lost her son due to some gang violence or a murder can forgive or can, you know, show compassion or something like, but you're telling me that cheating that, you know, that specific act is greater than these things or whatever. And I'm like, that's just, again, my personal viewpoint. At one point I was of the mindset because it had, I'd been, I guess, inundated with that idea. Like, Oh, don't cheat. Don't cheat. This is the, like, the absolute worst thing that you can do but there are so many other things um abuse mental mm-hmm. emotional verbal abuse all of these things you'll stay through that but if the, your, your significant other goes and has sex with somebody else then that's just that's just you know i just can't take no more i can't take that at all and so i just had to waste certain things out in life because even with that infidelity for me now there are questions that are involved um, and I'm more so of the the why behind the what. I may not like the particular action, but let me 
I'd like to know psychologically, okay, what was going on? What led you to get to this point? Was it just, uh, I guess, a sense of lack of care for me or care for yourself? Was there something else that was, is, is this an expression of, I guess, maybe an absence of something or insufficiency that you don't necessarily know how to articulate or communicate? And it ended up leading down a rabbit hole to this particular point. Is it something that's habitual? Or are you just a sex addict and you can't, you, it's your, your desires are insatiable and I just need to have different partners? Like, what is the actual reason? And then from that, those reasons in the, I guess, the uh, chronological order of events at that point will determine whether or not I can, you know, I decide I want to stay or I decide that I don't want us to be involved in this relationship anymore. Um, Oh, wow, man, that's deep, man. Yeah, it's very interesting. And and I'm going to I'm going to ask Lamb that question, too. But uh, I want to I want to get Dre's point of view and then I'm going to Lamb and then Olaf and then the ladies. Yeah, I I would like to expound on that. Like me, uh, my my ex-wife cheated twice that I know of. And um, and uh, I had to um, there's a couple of things that people tend not to do. And I think a lot of that's to do with them of how they view themselves and uh, some people are afraid to look in the mirror. Uh, I had to ask myself, well, she stepped out, but is there anything I did to not meet whatever need she had to cause her to look somewhere else? Right. And that's something that a lot of people don't do. We we think, okay, it's cheating, and I'm not, am I saying it's right? Absolutely not. Um, I don't think that there should be any um, reason why somebody goes and cheats on the person that they committed their life to. Um, but at the same time, we also got to think, well, is it a possibility that I may mean, played a part in pushing her or him to somebody else's arms? Um, and um, like, like for instance, like for me and my marriage, I took pride in that I was a good husband, a good father. I was home every night. I never cheated, never put a hand on her to hurt her. And in my mind, I was thinking, well, what else could she want, right? What else could she ask for? Um, and my ex-wife wanted um, a little bit more excitement, right? And when you're when you're uh, uh, an assistant pastor at a church, you're working full time. The church sort of controls your life and tells you what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You know what ways you need to do it. Here's the steps to do it, and all that stuff. And they don't really take. They don't really have a concern about your family itself. So my mind, good Christian man, dedicated father, devoted husband, loves the Lord. Uh, everybody was saying the same thing. What more could she ask for? Uh, and there was a need that she had that um, at that particular moment I didn't meet, and that was she wanted more excitement. Hmm. So she went out and she tried to find that excitement in other places. Uh, since then, um, I had to do some self-reflection and think to myself, wow, uh, going forward, um, I am going to make sure that I create excitement for myself so that when I do find somebody and get married again, I'm incorporating that excitement in my marriage going forward. Like that's, and with my new marriage going forward. That's um, why, that's why Dre's taking his woman uh, bungee jumping on the first date. Yeah, oh. answer the pool. Answer the pool, okay? <laughs> uh, there's reasons, but that's probably a whole different show. Uh, <laughs> but, Can I ask um, did she communicate that to you and you just did not comply? Did you know that that's what she no. was wanting? And I didn't you did know. Not what, comply? No. I didn't know. But the thing is, uh, it was also a matter of like, she, we got married young and um, she really didn't want to be um, a wife or 
uh, a mother. When she left, she was tired of it, and she just wanted to go and live her life. Okay. My thing was, well, maybe if I added a little bit more excitement, maybe if I did more, and that's a, and I'm not saying that um, that was the right choice. I'm saying that what we have, what we should do, is self reflect on what role we may have played right. in that. And a lot of times we don't do that. We 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 make ourselves the victim right away. Right. This person cheated; they're automatically mm-hmm. the villain. But sometimes when your husband comes home, and and from a long day at work. And they're stressed out at work. They want to come home to the peace. Mm-hmm. And the wife, and I'm not saying anybody in the panel is this, was this way, but they come home and they want peace. And the wife is turning up at home, cursing out the kids and all that stuff. And there's a coworker at work uh, who is nice, who listens, and he sort of tends to fall into that. Like, we have to be able to, to think about how we contributed to that. And sometimes we don't do that. And I'm not saying that um, you, know, you should just play the victim, like not play the victim role or, or uh, you got to know what I'm saying, right? So I just yeah. hope it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Andre, my brother. I appreciate the introspection mm-hmm. and, uh, and value what you said. Mm-hmm. The onus doesn't fall on you, though, to think about what somebody else is thinking. Part of a relationship requires maturity, and part of that maturity is communication. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's what was being that. I mean, and there was no communication. You're not supposed to be a mind reader. You got into it for the right reason. So, um, but I appreciate the introspection because you've taken responsibility for any potential action. Uh, again, though, uh, I don't know about that. You know, if you got married again, you're going to try to be more exciting. You are, you're the bomb just the way you are. Why do you need to change? You know what I'm saying? Now, if you get involved in a relationship with somebody. And they agree to that relationship with you, then you're two whole people, right? And you cannot take responsibility for those people. We're going to assume that you're whole to begin with, because right. <laughs> you know in the beginning of a relationship, and some people it takes longer than others. Come on, you know that you don't want them to hear you burp, fart, or whatever. Come on, you ha- you have to be truthful up front. Mm-hmm. You have to be who you need to be up so, front. So right? if, I may, if I may respond just to that, you're absolutely right. We have to be truthful up front, but we also have to consider the other person as well. So I can go into a relationship and say, this is my demands. This is what I want. And right. then if she says, well, I, I, I think I want the same things. I'm not going to go into the relationship. I need to know what you want also, right? When you're in a relationship, you're looking to meet her needs, just like she's looking to meet my needs. Now, if my wife had needs that I didn't meet, it's my responsibility to meet her needs. Just like if I had needs. Yeah, but you have to know about it though. But you don't- What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it's my responsibility. So let's say um, if I ask her about it, right? And I love her and she is embarrassed to tell me about her needs, right? I am gonna try my hardest to identify those needs. Just because she doesn't tell me, I'm not gonna sit back and say, you know what? She didn't tell me, it's all good. If this relationship ends, it's gonna be totally on her. We can't look at relationships that way. No, that's, 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 right. not, what I'm saying. that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying yeah. is, you know, I, I take responsibility for my part. I even sent a letter yeah. and I wrote in a letter, whatever I did, and whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, please, I'll probably never get your apology. Whatever, I did all of that. But what I'm saying is, as grown, mature adults going into a relationship, communication is key. The problem yeah. is we get into so many uh, relationships and we never take the time to talk. Yeah. You know, take the time to talk, to communicate, to find out. I said last week, I'm going to know after the first conversation I have with somebody, 
on a date if I'm going to be with that person or not. Because I'm at the point, I'm 55 years old. I'm yeah. going to ask some questions. And I'm going to, <laughs> and we're going to have to I can't be yeah. a mind reader. I'm right. a mind reader. I want you to have enough confidence in me and be, to be able to be vulnerable with me and trust me with yeah. you. If we're that not part. doing you can't trust me with you, we don't need to be together. Because there's going to be yeah. some time you gonna have to hold me up and I'm falling apart. Right. That's you. it right there. And that's with everything about me. The good, the bad, and the in-between. And if we can't talk about that and I can't be honest with you, there's no need for me to be with you. And, and that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you were wrong or she was wrong or you were right. But I'm just saying don't take responsibility for what you did not know because if she didn't communicate it with you, you can't know. You're not. So you, guys, you guys are mistaking what I'm saying. I'm not saying that uh I, actually i didn't bring up at all about communication i brought about self, self-reflection what i'm saying is when something goes wrong in a relationship many times we don't self-reflect on how we played a part in that that's true that's what right. i'm saying i'm not saying i'm not i'm not putting the blame on her i'm not putting the blame on myself what i'm saying is we rarely self-reflect on what i may have done to yeah. push her to that point i'm not yeah. saying that she didn't tell me her needs i'm saying that what could I have done better, self-reflect, to make sure I met that need so that she wouldn't be pushed? So you're That's saying what I'm saying. could have done better was to know that she wanted more excitement even though she didn't <laughs> Say that again? I'm, I'm being serious. Is that, is yeah. that what you're saying? Is that what you're I, saying? Repeat, repeat. I didn't hear you. Are you saying that uh, what you would have done better was try to be more exciting or, or figure out that she wanted more excitement even though she didn't tell you that? Is that you saying that's what you would have done better or different? Hold hold on. So what I'm saying is she didn't have to tell me through her mouth. Her actions told me everything. That and that's what I'm trying to tell. That's what I'm trying to communicate. Well, there are certain I, things that we should be able to identify. No man, you're not Sigmund Freud, and neither am I. So, so, <laughs> and that's my thing about I, marriage. I, like, if I may, go ahead. And here's my thing about marriage, right? I it seems like. We go into marriage, and when we go into marriage, we're looking to find somebody to only make us happy, and we don't want to get to know the person uh, through their actions and through their words. So even if she didn't say, or even if in your situation, they didn't say anything to you, actions also speak, yes or no? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Actions also speak, okay? A good husband, a good wife, right, will look at the actions, look at the mannerisms, if I come home and my wife had a bad day, right, and I see it in her actions, do I need her to tell me she had a bad day? No. So that's what I'm saying, okay? I can tell by her doing what she was doing toward the end of our marriage that she wanted those things. I found out that she wanted more excitement after the fact because we had that conversation. But if I was a little bit more tuned to, to what she was doing, and trying to make those changes based on what she was doing, or even sparking the conversation. Hey, I noticed that you're going clubbing. Is there anything that I'm not doing? And I didn't do that. I'll be honest. I didn't do that. Okay. I, you know what? I, what, I, what I'll say to what you're saying is there's a lot of truth into what everyone else is saying and what you're saying. Yeah. I, what I get that you're saying is that, that you should have been more aware of what was the downfall that was going in your relationship. Well, and well, well, pretty much so you're not absolving her from what she did wrong. You're just saying there was things that maybe, you know, I was so consumed with work. I was consumed with this. I didn't even realize I was losing my wife. 
And so, but you're not absolving her from what no, she did. Not at all. So, I mean, I get that. Uh, you're you're m- way more uh, compassionate and nicer than I am, but I got to give it to you though uh, for that. You know, because most people don't really do that. They it's you know real what? easy to just say the person you're with was a jerk or whatever. And you know, I mean, sometimes th- there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. Um, you know. But then also, you know, like you said, the person do need to communicate. If that's yeah. some, if that's really a problem, you know, you need to communicate that, you know. And you bring up something very interesting, too, that, you know, what you bring up is an interesting point about self-reflection. I think we kind of touched on that last week, right, uh, about this idea of uh, of doing a lot of, you know, doing autopsies of yeah. the, your previous relationship. Um, and, uh, or, you know, sometimes you need to do an autopsy while the patient's alive. Um, so, uh, you know, so I, I hear what you're saying. Um, but you know, you're not absolving your wife, not. not at all. So I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I get what you're saying too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we all got what he was saying. I comment. I just wanted to say to the brother that he is a good brother and he's great gonna brother. Find the woman. He's going to find the woman. Or they're going to find each other, and it's all good. It, it had nothing to do with whether it was right or wrong or whatever. I just, I, my comment was that um, when people get into relationships, you want to be whole and mature, and there has to be communication. And those are the things that tend to be lacking in relationships from the get-go. And I've heard enough people say, especially women, they'll say about a guy, you know, guys don't communicate. Well, I communicated a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just uh, and according to Andre, you this you just got to keep asking questions or you have to be vigilant. Um, but, and, but that's the love, though, if you're really if you're really vigilant. And, yes, please jump in. Please, Miss Grenada. Yes, thank you. Um, I would like to say that a, a long while after my my marriage ended, I think it was around 2018, maybe 27 at the end of 2017. I I couldn't take the back and forth and the fighting. So I decided to say, can we just go for lunch somewhere? And I sat across from him and I wrote out all of the things that possibly he didn't like about what we were doing maybe in the marriage as a, as a result of the breakdown of the marriage. And I wrote it consciously with the understanding that he will not acknowledge his side of these things. I. And I had to let that go. I had to let it go and just get it out of my body. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted him to just listen. And I apologize line by line for what I brought to the table in Mm -hmm. terms of the breakdown of. And that man cried. That was probably like the third or fourth time in our entire relationship where that man cried because I freed him from something. Mm -hmm. And I could stay here and tell you all of the things, Mm -hmm. all of the reasons why. He was this and he was that. But at the end of the day, he is the father of my child. And I will not look at it through the lens of his actions because many things lead people to act in particular ways. Right. And that's the maturity I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. It took a while to get there, but I got there. And I continue to work on myself and reflect because I don't want to project that onto anyone else. Right. I did the same thing. I sent a certified. I wrote it out because we haven't spoken except one time since we got out of divorce court. And I wrote, a, I sat and wrote a letter, and I identified everything that I thought I did, and I and I told him, you know, 
I'll probably never get an apology from you, but I release you. Um, I forgive you and I'm done. And that I was done after that. So I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't bash him. You know, I tell my story, but I don't bash him. You know, I don't right. call his name. I don't do anything. <clears throat> you know, it's, 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 it's over for me, you know, and right. I try to my story to help other people get through where I'm going through, what I went through. You know, because I tr- I'm, a, I'm a suicide survivor. Mm. You know, I was on five different medications. Wow. Um, this, this, that marriage and divorce took me through pure hell. When I came mm. out, I had absolutely nothing. And so, you know, I try to help people, men and women, who are in their marriage to maintain their marriage. And keep in mind, you may not want a divorce. It may not be on your radar. But you still right. have to prepare yourself for what may happen. Because right. So when I came out, I was in financial ruin, physical ruin, emotional ruin. He was my pastor, so I was spiritually ruined. So you have to prepare yourself for what may happen. You know, and that's that's why I tell my story and why I do what I do. It's, it's not to bash him, but it's, right. it's the reality of life. Over 50% mm-hmm. of marriages in the divorce, and that's in the church and not with the church. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to go through a divorce. And they need to know how to go through it, go through it, and come out on the other side. Better right. <laughs> before before I go go back to Shannon and um, we you know we continue on. Um, I want LA to to speak to kind of what Dre was saying. Um, what is this excitement that uh, uh, what is this excitement that uh, that is lacking that uh, men need to think about uh, in these relationships? Uh, how do you provide excitement so that, uh, you know, you can keep these ladies uh, excited, happy, and content? Do I see, like, I need some excitement? <laughs> yeah. I, look, I see I you. You uh, party for one. Whatever. You be doing your thing. Like, uh, you and uh, Narcissa left, you know, y- y'all be out there doing your thing. So, uh uh, what's this excitement? Uh, how we how we gin up this excitement? I want to know. Me and Dre want to know. I think Anthony he he got the excitement already. I already know. He know this excitement stuff. Listen, if a woman is in a relationship and she is acting out for excitement, she is there's a hole in her inside of her that she's looking for external things to fill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> um, because about to go to I, church. I don't I don't know how old she was, Dre, but especially if they're younger, young women don't know yet their fullness and their potential. And so they are going to act out. And if they grew up in the church or things or anything else that kind of suppressed their ability to discover who they are and to formulate opinions about who they are as women, if they don't have good role models, um, things like that. These are women that are going to look for excitement, but you will never mm. be able to fill that void because Absolutely. it's the void that comes from them. Absolutely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's nothing, Dre, that you could have done, sweetie. You, you were probably amazing. Right. You are. Yeah. And you just need to remember that. <laughs> That's You got to remember that. I feel privileged to be part of this panel. Oh, don't get it twisted. Dre doesn't feel bad about himself. No, no, no. no, I don't think no. No, there's nothing about what he said that he feels bad about himself at all. There's something. Yeah, no. There's something that we that is something that we should all consider in a marriage, right? Absolutely. Um, I have have needs, right? And there are things about me that I I like. Uh, My spouse is going to have needs, 
There are things that she's interested in that she likes, and there's things that I can do to help me. You no, know, in fact, there's a there's a great book called um His Needs, Her Needs. Has anybody read that? No. Reading. Who, who reads? It's a good book. It's a, no, what I mean, it's a great book. And and what book is that? His Needs. I want the audio, audio book. Look, I read it in seminary. No, it's, it's a, there's so many dope books about it. Like when I was um, uh, in school getting my um, degree in counseling, um, a lot of great books, a lot of great books. And one of the and one of the reoccurring themes in every single counseling course is the needs of the spouse, right? So we have um, everybody has needs, all right? For instance, let's take a look at your situation, brother. Um, you didn't want children, right? Uh, you communicated that from the very beginning, right? Your wife wasn't truthful in the very beginning. She had a particular need. And even then, you didn't want it, but you were willing to meet that need, right? Absolutely. And that's, and that's, what, that's what marriage is really all about. Two people coming together, um, together, that's my like brand, TWO together, together, to uh, become one. And one of the best ways to become one is choosing to meet the other person's needs. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to one day meeting somebody's needs. I'm just saying. It's going to happen. It's gonna oh, happen. it's happening uh, yeah, this me week. Too, me too. It's happening this week, Dre. Oh. Probably. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Home biscuit. I love it. Home biscuit. <laughs> Home biscuit. Oh, yeah, Hilarious. Yeah. Now, Olaf, we haven't heard from you in a minute, Olaf. Um, as... Uh, you're a two-time, uh, you and Lamb are two-time getting married. Um, so, I mean, I can't think of the idea of going through one divorce, let alone two. Mm. I mean, man, like, what did you, I mean, did you learn anything from the first divorce that prepared you when it was you knew you were going through the second one? Uh, well... Yeah, it's like get a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's one lesson you only learn once. When we get a second, I got a question about prenups because I was having a conversation with a you know uh, one of my best friends about prenups. He's in the stages of getting ready to get married, and that came up because he's concerned about. I guess I don't think it's a concern, but I think it's just a. Uh, a notable thought to have because of business situations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've just never been prior to now. I hadn't been in the situation to where I was financially able to be in those conversations. I'm like, what right. am I going to have a prenup for? Right. I ain't got nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, please, if if we can just mm-hmm. stick a pin in that and come yeah. back to the prenup conversation when you get done. Yeah. That, that was the one thing, but uh, so the first marriage didn't last that long, but, uh, there was quite a bit of debt uh, brought up in the, in the first marriage. And uh, like I said, it didn't, didn't last long because uh, she stepped out on me. So I'm like, mm. yeah, we're done. Yeah. And um, so it was like, uh, it's like going into the second going into the second one, I thought I had, you know, my you know, eyes dotted, T's crossed. Thought everything was uh, was good. Um, and the reason I did the prenup is because you know I was, you know, part owner of a business, mm. and uh, it's like what I did with the uh, 
you know, I had a house going in and, you know, business and all that stuff. And I had my lawyer uh, draw up a, a prenup. And, you know, she, uh, my second wife, she uh, she signed it without any hesitation. She said, okay, sure, signed it. So, wow. it, it kind of one of those things, it, that's, the, the, the prenup is kind of a, you know, double-edged sword. In other words, you can, that can either make or break you getting married because mm-hmm. if she thinks that you need to have the prenup to get married, then you're, it could cause, it can cause problems. But, and for me, it was like, I want to make sure that she's doing this because she wants to marry me, not my stuff. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> That's kind of what the prenup is like. I'm protecting my stuff in case something happens. And I, I had a house. Uh, I, I had a, I had a house when I got married the second time from my first marriage. I had a house. And when I bought the second house, uh, I had the house put in my mom and dad's and my name. Because, you know, uh, when you get divorced, it's a 50-50. So when I got married the second time, I was like, okay, I'm going to fix this one. <coughs> just in case. I didn't plan. I didn't think it was. I wasn't planning on it not lasting, but just in case. Um if I did get divorced, she would only be entitled to one half of one third of whatever the value of the house was because it was owned because I had my mom, my dad, and me. So I only legally owned one third of the one third of the house. <laughs> real, real quick question, uh, ladies: um, Would you sign a prenup, Audrey? I would. What about you, L.A.? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It depends. Uh, well, L.A. is a baller, so <laughs> he would probably have to sign one. <laughs> <laughs> no. What? what is going on? You guys need to come to Canada and see how humble I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she, I, oh, I she is a... through the screen, honey. You real humble. She is a plantation <laughs> out there in, in uh, Canada. What about you, Tracy? Would you sign a, would you sign a prenup? Why yeah. would I sign a prenup? Sorry, Tracy, but like, why would I sign a prenup? Why wouldn't you? Why would I? Like, I'm not doing, I'm not entering into a relationship. Come on, if you get married, when you get married again, would you sign one? No, I don't think I would. No? What about you, Tracy? Would you sign one if you got married again? Yep. And Shannon? Um. You want the real answer? Yes, the real answer. Uh, you can breathe up these nuts because I'm not. <laughs> what? Well, now, I didn't just walk in. It wasn't one of these things. I didn't just go to my lawyer and say, hey, draw up a prenup. Because I had a side, uh, two different businesses. Uh, it's like the family business that I was part of and then I had another video business on the side that I was doing uh, recording weddings and things and I had a lot of equipment and stuff that you know some expenses and I didn't just have my lawyer draw it up walk in one day and say hey sign this Um, you know we had a discussion about it before so it wasn't just a I didn't blindside her with a you're sign this 
uh, you know, it was a discussion, and she said she didn't have any problem whatsoever signing it. And I'm like, okay. So I had to, my mm-hmm. lawyer draw it up that, uh, that she had no, uh, that she didn't, if we got, if we got divorced, then, like, I had a couple of cars uh, and all my video equipment and then my part portion of the business uh, that she would not be entitled to that she'd be entitled to half of whatever the marital any marital assets of course she's legally entitled to half of that but any of the premarital stuff no and I found out later on that a prenup any it's like any of the any really good lawyers that like I talked to when I when I did get to the divorce the second time uh, talked to a lawyer and he said yeah after 10 years of marriage any any lawyer you know any really halfway decent uh, divorce law divorce lawyer yeah, I could could break a no. prenup after 10 years and we've been married 13 that's why. That's why you gotta get a divorce before nine and a half years. Yeah, you saw well, on your uh, ninth year, you got it. You're out, and then you're safe. <laughs> See here. Let me say this. Let me say this because <clears throat> that's my fear. Like, I don't want to become cynical. I don't want to become a Terry McMillan character. I don't want to be like I hate all men. That's what I don't want to become. I Look. know that. I, I know that there is someone out there for me and I know that I am going to be someone's someone, but it just seems like a lot of times when I talk to other divorced people, they're jaded. It's almost like, cause to me, Olaf, and I don't even know you, but like you had a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of just makes me feel like, like, I don't want to have to have a backup plan for a backup plan. I don't want to become, I don't know, I guess, I don't want to become oh, so well, guarded to the it, point where I'm coming up with backup plans. Yeah. Well, part part of it for me, though, was from the first marriage, uh, I heard, kind of heard things, and it kind of came out that uh, there was, we got, you know, it's like a, it was like I said, it was, you know, dating for a little while and then, you know, getting married and kind of like after we got married, it was like, all right, you know, here's the checking. Here's let's sit down and, and do the bills and, you know, look at the checking account. And here's the, you know, now that we're married, here's all the assets of what everything is. And basically she found out I didn't have what she thought I had. Mm. So that's why the protection on that's why on the second one, uh, I went like you know back up, back up, back up. Was like okay, I want to make sure that she's after that she wants to be with me and not what I have. Right, uh, I got that. You. So it was it it wasn't just oh I'm gonna back up and back up and back up so it's just to save myself. Uh, it was it was more of like I said because my first my first wife had found out you know that. She was like, one got married and was like, well, you ain't got what I thought you had. So, ah, well, I'm just going to go run with whoever I wanted to. You know what? There's no there's no handbook. There's no Enchiridion for uh, relationships, uh, raising children, for spirituality. You figure it out as you go. 
And so for yeah. Olaf, that was perfect. It's right. not the way that Lama Jamma would do it, but that was absolutely perfect for Olaf. The next time I hook up with a honey, I'm going the same way I did the first time. I'm going all in. There's no concern about what they have, what they don't have. If, if there's love, uh, I figure at the age that we're at right now and it's not happening, something's wrong. So uh, Olaf was mature in his decision making based upon his experience. And I think that worked really well for him and uh, uh, love you for it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was, you, you learn late, later on in life as time goes by, you're like, yeah, I actually, it was actually a pretty decent decision. And it's like when I got, now when I got divorced the second time, and the same thing when I got divorced the first time, I'm like, when I bought her a car, I, uh, Paid, uh, it's like got her, uh, uh, helped her get a, an apartment and paid for it for, you know, a little bit until she got kind of on her feet. And, you know, if she wanted something out of the house and it, if, as long as it wasn't like a family heirloom or something like that, I didn't care. Take what you want. I don't care. Doesn't matter. I can replace it. And with my second wife, um, same thing. It's like, you know, we had, she had, she brought, she had two kids. From a previous marriage, so I helped get her. I helped get her a house, uh, and I said I helped her help get her a house. gave her gave her the uh, car, her car. Uh, Letter said I said whatever furniture you want out of the house. There was one piece of furniture that she would like to have had because it's uh, it was an antique, and I said well, that's a family heirloom. I'd rather not. And she was like okay. So there's no fighting over it. Second marriage I only had, I just had, my lawyer was the one that handled the whole divorce. She didn't, she's like, well, do I need to get a lawyer? I said, we're both, we're both adults. I think we can, you know, manage to get through this and you know, work through this without any real problems. So my lawyer handled, my lawyer handled uh, the divorce. And it went through, she got, you know, whatever she wanted and took whatever she wanted. Kids. You know, so the kids were taken care of, and I waited till I said on uh, said I waited till the actual divorce. We didn't, I didn't file for it. I mean, it was like January. We decided we were going to get divorced. I didn't actually file for divorce until the kids were out of out of school that year, and then helped her, you know, find a place and helped her get the next place and paid the rent for the two and a half years. <clears throat> cable bill and everything else helped her out and until uh, um, she could find a job and things uh, that way the kids weren't really interrupted in their school right. and oh, wow. uh, this is, was this your second wife that's yeah, my second wife yeah bro I gotta tell you I think you um like you, there's a bad stigma about prenup uh-huh. but um like after hearing you Right, I think like if you was like knowing who you are now, based on what you were saying, mm-hmm. I think I, I can confidently say that you getting a prenup wasn't trying to be cynical about your marriage. Like even afterwards, you're still trying to help out and and be a provider. It seems like you're a natural. Can I provider. can I tell you can I tell you a secret, Dre? It's not even a secret. <laughs> His <ahead>. ex-wife <laughs> is uh, they're like best friends. Like I know her very well. She's an awesome person. Um, everybody loves his ex-wife. Uh, 
who he calls the evil one. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, always her, I always call her the. I introduce her as the evil one. She's the evil one. Yeah, the evil ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's. I'm not the evil one. You are. I'm like, well, yeah. But everybody, um, everybody loves her, though. Yeah. Hey, but, but you know what's you know what's interesting? Hmm. What's interesting is that the things that people focus on is exactly what they attract, and so uh, prenups were were uh, a concern, and taking care of. Uh, certain situations were a concern, and that's exactly the example that you ended up with. I'm saying that when we go into relationships, we got to put our minds into what we desire, not what we don't want. There's so many things that we don't desire. And if you say you desire love, we don't need to talk about what you don't want. Love is love. You know, you don't hate is the opposite of love. It's, it's, it's real. It's real simple. So we attract whatever it is that we put our energy into. And so if our energy is into not wanting kids, what's going to happen? Chick wants to have kids, even though we agreed not to. Uh, uh, If fidelity um, is an issue, uh, what's going to happen? Fidelity is going to be the problem, Audrey. You know what I'm saying? um, No, but no, but I'm saying, uh, but it doesn't matter because at the end of it, the experience that we needed to have we're all having. There were no bad oh, yeah. experiences. <laughs> right. And, okay, uh, Anthony, let's talk about temptation while you were married. <laughs> He's like, why me, man? Why me? <laughs> temptation. Uh, you always hear that, uh, you know, when you put the ring on, uh, you know, it, go- it goes up, <laughs> you know. So uh, how did you avoid temptation? I'm not telling you to tell on yourself if, if you... <laughs> But uh, how'd you avoid temptation? How much temptation was out there? How'd you sidestep? How'd you get your Walter Payton on? Oh, my God. And you're on mute. Right? <laughs> on purpose. I know. Yeah, I'm like, oh. It's like, yeah, let me sit up for this one. He, 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 ain't, he ain't talking now. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm be as transparent as i always been. Um, no opaque. Avoid right, temptation. Okay. Well, initially, <laughs> um, for a good while, I avoided temptation. It wasn't really like a sidestep issue, um, because I guess I wasn't, I wasn't looking. It wasn't my focus was on being newly married, and everything that came along with that. Um, shortly after <laughs> we were married, then the relationship or the marriage kind of fall begin to fall into some uh, tumultuous waters and <laughs> temptation began to present itself <laughs> <laughs> temptation put on her jersey and got in the game <laughs> you know hey you know how the old bad the, the devil was busy the devil was busy nah the devil uh, was not busy <laughs> i mean no, i'm just i'm using that as a joke right 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 <laughs> um no, nah, I mean, so for a while I, I avoided it, but then there was a point where I didn't avoid it, mm-hmm. and on purpose, um, especially toward the end of the marriage. Um, like I said, we married four years, but two years into the marriage, I was like, yeah, we need to get divorced because I was able kind of to foresee what was uh, kind of imminent, what was going to happen, uh, just based on the way our behaviors were, based on trajectory, and I guess in, in a little bit of a, third eyedness. I'm like, yeah, this is not going this is gonna become a whole lot worse before it gets better. 
And I tried to mm-hmm. articulate that and explain that, and it wasn't received well because of, which I understand because there is a desire to not get divorced. Um, there's a desire to, to not be a statistic in the negative sense. There's all of these desires, but I think in a lot of the things that people are taught as they grown up, whether it be through um, the presence of good examples of marriage or the lack thereof, mm-hmm. or whether it be um, inundation of a certain ideology as far as churches, churches or spirituality is concerned, that plays a major part. Uh, your immediate peer group or your social set- settings, uh, those things play a um, a, a part in that too so it's like well I don't want to look like the one that's everybody's looking at us like oh yeah y'all like the model couple that mm-hmm. is like the seed of destruction because <laughs> as soon as oh yeah y'all are goals y'all are the, y'all are the oh I'm, you want to be like y'all but you have absolutely no, no idea what's going on behind closed doors <clears throat> oh, we love y'all so much that's <laughs> we love y'all and I'm like that is that is this please I'm like my next marriage don't nobody ever say that to right. me ever in life because <laughs> this is not your perception is not my reality not my reality so um, yeah uh so no nah, i mean there was a point like i said i avoided temptation i didn't have to avoid it and then i had to avoid it and then i indulged in it um intentionally because for me i got into a there was a lot of um, baggage that was unaddressed because i guess prior to the marriage that was carried over into the marriage, as far as suppression of um, thoughts, feelings, things of that nature. Like I'm supposed to be the head, the lead. Um, stuff. It was so many things I was told. Like <laughs> I was dealing with issues of inadequacy um, because I wasn't in a financial position that I thought I needed to be in. Mm. Um, which I think was very, very valid. I think we could have waited, and there was potential for the marriage to be sustained. But at the same time, I don't know because there are a lot of other factors that played into the demise of it ultimately. Um, but I needed to, I needed to save my own life. I put it that way. I was beginning to unravel. So to kind of top other things in, the point where <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back was a point where I was having dreams. I was like, I, I was having nightmares. I'm being shot at the head. Mm. Uh, mm. I am. I felt like I was literally dying within the marriage. But yeah. it wasn't necessarily. Wow. It wasn't 100 percent on her. Again, there was a lot of things I was because. All right. I'm also a wartime veteran. I uh, was a year in Iraq, so that things happened. Mm. Um, also, growing up in the um, impoverished inner cities <clears throat> in America as a young black man, that also produced some PTSD. Uh, growing up with my mother, single parent household, she was one that um, I learned to suppress my emotions and things from. So. There was like there was no crying, especially not as a man. Oh, you got a man that yeah. can't cry. You can't show your feelings. You got to be the rock. You got to be strong. You got to be. Don't show anybody your hands. So I matched the facade. So all of these things, in addition to becoming married and still dealing with uh, inadequacies, still dealing with feeling like I'm insufficient, whether it be projected from my spouse or self-projection um, or societal expectations. Just a lot. Of, all of these things kind of factored into it to where. I'm like, if I don't find, oh, and the absence of an active sexual relationship with my spouse, Mm. that was another uh, factor that played into it. It's like, well, the incompatibility um, began to produce itself or to manifest, or I guess the realization thereof during the marriage. Like, okay, well, we define these things completely different. What you feel like is on this level 
you're not, and we know as we learned from the first podcast, <laughs> I'm not vanilla. <laughs> right, right. So, you are um, not vanilla. Yeah, no. So it's like there is a there is an imbalance that's occurring. So now it's like, okay, well, you go break down the eighty twenty rule. Okay, if you're the eighty, but this twenty is very significant, mm-hmm. or maybe it's more than actual twenty. Maybe it's a good forty five, and. While, you know, you have the majority, this is still a massive piece that needs to be, for me, I guess, addressed, and it's not being. And so then there's the manifestation of the things that I'm thinking about or I'm desiring. Oh, I want these things to happen. Well, here's this woman. She'll do all of these things and other things that I didn't even thought to th- think about. <laughs> it's like, well, sh- I don't want to do this because I don't want to, you know, betray the the covenant that I um, agreed to underneath the eyes of the church and God and the pastor. Um, I also don't want to betray this love and trust but i'm also trying to figure out how to hold on to my sanity because i'm unraveling i'm waking up in the middle of the night not knowing where i am in a house that i've lived in for two years um like there are so many things that played a factor it was like if i don't do something which it wasn't necessarily the appropriate uh socially acceptable way to handle those things but for me in that moment that's what i needed to save my life until i can get to a better safety net or a better raft or a better understanding of how to do it so uh the summation of all of that is <laughs> i didn't have to divert from temptation then i did have to um and the way that it was introduced was interesting too because it wasn't random women these were women that i've had i've known for years and teenage relationships or like we oh we thought each other we were cute back in the day and Oh, now we're adults. Oh, and then, oh, man, you know, you're appealing to a sense of me that not even my wife understands because she hasn't known me that this long. Um, and so now I'm reading out parts of me that I thought I lost is now being identified by someone who's very familiar to where now that leads into uh, emotional exchanges, well, friendly exchanges to now emotional exchanges to now we're being physical and I'm hearing, oh, yeah, I'll wait for you. Why, what do you mean? I never said I was leaving my wife. What do you mean you're going to wait for me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't. And now you have to deal with all of these other types of uh, types of things. So at the point where I was uh, now having to deal with avoiding temptation to the point where I, I was like, yeah, I need a release. Because if I don't, I'm going to snap. And it was, oh, it was extremely dark. Like... I'm having anxiety attacks on the highway. I got to pull over because I can't breathe. Chest tight. Like, I'm seemingly fine. I'm going to work. Then I can't breathe. Out of, so, I mean, that those things were the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, those things were also the things that led me into um, giving in to temptation. No longer fighting it. Shout out to Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shout out. And so, like I said, it wasn't the best way to do it. I mean, socially, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But for me at the time, that was what, I mean, aside from... If I had to pick a vice, I would rather cheat than smoke crack. You know what I mean? I, I would agree with that. Uh, yeah, cheating is not as bad as uh, smoking crack. But I, all right, I, I want I want the ladies to answer this too. Uh, we're gonna start I with. Don't ask that. LA. Why did you start with the men? Well, I wanted to. I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear Anthony specifically uh, to put him kind of on the spot. But I knew he he would come through. Uh, but I, but I must. I must. Um, I'm going to start with L.A. and then go to Audrey. Uh, 
Again, again, right? Again, right? Um, LA, how did you? Haven't really spoken. How did you? uh, How did you sidestep the sweet nectar of temptation, especially when the relationship (laughs) (laughs) when the relationship went went bad? (laughs) We went. We need to know this. I think that in the beginning of my relationship, there was nothing that was going to get me my head to the left or the right. But I think once I realized that he was not prioritizing me in a particular way and that things were coming up that, you know, he was never caught, but I don't know, there have been many things that I saw that um, pointed to a certain behavior. And so I started to, it started really simple where I would allow uh, flirtation to make me feel good. And that was my first, you know, seduction was, whereas before I never used to, when somebody would flirt with me, I would always throw up my husband. Oh, I'm married. And it was, I would be able to hide under that covering in a sense. But when I realized that there wasn't really a covering there, I think it became more of me wanting to get that kind of attention um, and allowing myself to be wooed fully in awareness that I'm allowing that to happen. Mm. So much like Anthony, I think I was more interested in straying out of my relationship when I realized there wasn't a relationship. I wasn't in the relationship that I I wanted to be in. It, It didn't exist as I thought it was. And so when his ability to to choose to do else something else was apparent to me, I think we both just kind of lived separate lives in the last like the last year or two of, of the relationship. We just did our own thing. We we were separated, but we still lived in the same place. Wow, that's deep. Kind of, that's pretty sad there. What about you, Audrey? How did you sidestep? That's pretty sad there. <laughs> How did you sidestep the uh, sweet nectar of uh, temptation? Audrey. Audrey. She looks she's frozen. frozen. Oh, she's frozen. Let it go. Frozen. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Let's go to Tracy. How did you do that? I mean, you talk about during the marriage, or yeah, during the marriage, especially when when you weren't fulfilled, happy or fulfilled in the marriage. I, I I had no desire to go anywhere or do anything. I was not tempted to. Um, I was so consumed in my relationship, I was not even my thought process wasn't even to venture out or. Um, that's that's it. Now after the relationship was over, uh, it was flirt. I flirted a lot, but I never went any further than that but during my relationship i was solid as a rock question. during so during your relationship do you think that your uh position or your status assisted in the lack of uh desire to be tempted by the sweet nectar of temptation <laughs> or um Yes, not calling it okay. that no more. <laughs> because my commitment was to God, to my relationship, and to my children, and I didn't want to do anything that would cause embarrassment to any of them. Right. And so it, it never even crossed my mind. Mm. Mm. Wow. I want to be like you when I grow up, Tracy. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Three. 
it's one yeah it's one thing was now one, i wish i could find now now dre uh and i'm gonna get to you lamb um dre uh you know pastor you know i'm pretty sure the ladies in the church was trying to choose <laughs> you know, uh, you know, they wanted you to lay some hands on them. Uh, how did you sidestep that? I know. You, you... Touch and agree. Uh, I gotta, I gotta, uh, um, I've only while while I was married, um, it was only two instances that uh, it was like brought it to me full, like like it was it was hard to to resist. And one um, uh, and both times like it was, I I sort of waved my marriage and my wife up like a flag, so. Um, everybody knew I was married and there was no way you was going to get close to me unless you got close to my wife also. So, um, especially if you were a female, I didn't have like, even my male friends, either you are our friend together or we can't be friends like that, like we used to be. So um, I didn't give any room for for any female to come up close. And when they did flirt um, and I didn't recognize it, I always listened to the voice of my ex-wife. Uh, I listened and say, you know, she would always, you know, just be careful of this one. And I would. Sometimes I was naive and, uh, and if I was, you know, she would help me out with that. Um, but uh, there was only two instances that I had the opportunity to cheat. One instance, uh, similar to Anthony's situation, somebody that uh, we both crushed on in high school. And this is toward the end of our marriage where things were like rocky. And uh, I already knew that she cheated twice before. And uh, she, um, we, we ran to each other at the ferry and um, she was being flirtatious and I was just trying to engage in conversation with her. And then she said, I always wondered how things would have been if we got together. Yeah. And I said, oh, okay. Um, and then she goes on and she's going on. And then she said, you know what? <laughs> um, maybe, you know, you and I should try something. I said, listen, I'm married. Um, you know, I love my wife, I love my kids. I love God too much to to do that. And then I asked her, you wouldn't mind being like another man, uh, like the other woman to a man? And then she said, if I was your other woman, I wouldn't mind. And uh, I stopped her and I said, listen. I said, I respect (laughs) the door opened. (laughs) It was was deep for me because like she she pretty much gave me like a, a get out of jail free card with, you know, do whatever you so I said, listen, I respect you too much as a woman to make you uh, my other woman. And I love my family too much to do that also. And she began crying in front of, like, I'm in the middle of the Staten Island Ferry Terminal. And she began crying. And I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. <laughs> like, tell <"Shut> stop. <laughs> um, uh, she, uh, <laughs> I was able to calm her down. And um, we parted ways. And... Uh, but um, like I, I, I got to be honest. Like I was afraid of God, to be perfectly honest with you. Yes. Like I was like, yo, if I ever stepped out of my marriage, like, you know, not only will I be exposed, like God's gonna like judge me big time. Um, but I, I honestly, I, I didn't want anything to break up my family, and I wouldn't let that happen, for my part. So, yeah. uh, if I may make uh, two small interjections, I'd like to of make a reaction um, to the straw that broke the camel's back because I just had a, another thought. The straw that brought the camels back for me, which I didn't realize until later, more likely until after we were divorced, was the moment 
where her and her father was advocating to put my mother and my siblings out of my house. So that was where that crack in the mold began. And then everything just continued to fall afterwards. Because, again, as I stated before, single-parent household, my mother raised me. Um, This is going to always be my mama, but you just got here. Uh, And regardless of I love you, but you would rather, for the sake of an appearance of your peers, put my mother and my family in a a homeless shelter, which I told you that I've been in a couple of before. I've been homeless myself. I've been through all these types of things, and I don't want my mother to go back, let alone my younger siblings, to experience this lifestyle. But that, because you want to entertain and have company over, and it's not conducive to the environment that you're trying to create because my family is in an emergency situation, you want to send my brother off the job corps. You want to send my family off to a homeless shelter. All this. So that moment when I guess the day that my mother left, which I, it was a lot going on that particular day. <laughs> I would say, to date, one of the worst days in life that I've experienced, and I've been through a lot of horrible shit. But um, so that was. Yeah, I'm like I'm not, and it's a difference between. I'm always going to make sure my mother's good. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gotcha. And it's not even a, a situation of being like I've been accused one time by a woman of being a mama's boy. I'm like, no, I have a great relationship with my mother. This is my friend. We together have grown up <laughs> um, together. Yeah. And because I was the first, we together went through a lot of things together. Uh, so, um, so I'm like, my relationship is great with my mom, but I don't need her to advocate for every move or every step or every breath I take. Um, this is just the type of relationship we had. And I think that was, there was a lack of understanding with that. The second interjection I wanted to make was uh, what Dre was saying. I'd like to piggyback on was uh, it is amazing that when you are married, how many women are more than okay. And even lobbying to be the mistress, the side chick, the jump Mm -hmm. off, whichever one of those are separate categories. Olivia Pope. I mean, like, Olivia, yeah. if you are, Olivia Pope was more of a mistress, not, she wasn't, you know, the side chick. Yeah. Um, or jump off. She, she knew fits inside and out better than he knew. She knew him better. He knew himself. So I'm like, that's more of a mistress. That's a deeper type of relationship. But yeah. how many, I was blown away by certain women that were okay. And this was a thing of, it wasn't a thing to where I introduced, I never had to go look for it. It was always being either side comments, or a little slick, whatever's being said. And then I'm, I'll have to kind of take a step back and like, yo, this can't, nah, that's not real. You, I'm not thinking you would be the type of person to indulge in this or engage in this type of behavior. Be surprised. But, I, oh, I was definitely, I was mind blown. There's, it's, there is a market out there for extramarital affairs to where you don't have to, um, there's no lying involved. You can be completely transparent. Oh, this is what it is. I had one woman tell me, yeah, I know you're married. I don't even care if you are, if you got another chick on the side, I just want some. I'm like, I don't under, like what is going on in life. Let me ask you a question. Since you've gotten divorced, do you get that kind of attention now? Yeah, it's kind of, that, that attention has kind of been consistent. 
I think since I hit my 20s. <laughs> He's like, yeah, of course I get that. To be, to be honest. Wow. I mean, no, but it's, I think it's a, because I'm in a social environment, I'm very sociable. Um, I'm an uh, extroverted introvert. Um, I enjoy my alone time. I enjoy living alone, having my space and all those things. But I can thrive. I guess that's one of my um, Leo tendencies, as I am a Leo, of being charismatic and <laughs> things of that nature. I mean, you know, that's one of the things that have been prescribed to me under that astrological sign. So um, I guess I wear that. Uh, and because I am those things, then I, I draw a lot of attention. I mean, probably also because I'm six foot two. Yeah. And light skin and 280 yeah. pounds like I'm not a small guy right. um, in any right so if I walk into a room I do command a certain mm-hmm. I guess attention or presence um, and then aside from all the other things from either being in the entertainment industry singing and all these other things so I mean there are a lot of things that draw attention to me so with being that I've had to learn I guess at a younger age of how to navigate through all of that and a lot of time I spend a lot of time at home so if there's a reason why that attention has declined, it's because I've tucked myself away for um, some development. I'm in this cocoon breaking out, trying to get into this third level of grown manisms. <laughs> um, it's good that you're doing that. It's good um, that you, I think anybody that goes through a divorce and jumps right into another relationship, I, I think you need time, like I said last week, to clean out, to empty out from all of that stuff. So that's a great place to be. Well, I did get into a relationship immediately. Actually, the, my relationship that started out as a physical inter- encounter turned into a romantic relationship that carried me through the separation on through the divorce. Mm-hmm. And I was in that relationship, continued to be after until it got to a point where it felt like uh, it felt like she was like, oh, I won. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel off because oh, they're, out, they're, they're out there too yeah, yeah. it's like they, I, 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 they intentionally mm-hmm. i'm like I, I explicitly told you and my then wife I'm like yeah i'm not leaving you for her and i'm not leaving her for you my decision that i'll be because at the point where it came to the separation i was living two lives and i got to the point where um i couldn't me morally i couldn't continue to live that life that's not what the person that i am at my core, and although these were my uh, exhibited actions, this isn't who I want to be for. Like this is, I needed to come out of it, this dark place. Now that I'm out, I'm indulging in this, and like, what's the point? I don't want to carry this on. So now I have to make a decision whether I want to stay in my marriage, or if I want to stay in this relationship, this extra matter affair. Mm-hmm. And um, even at the end of it, I was like, okay, I'm getting divorced, or I want to be divorced because I need to be, because at this point. We have irreconcilable differences, maritally. And if we continue to do this, it is going to damage us even more. Mm. And I appreciate myself for having the foresight, at least at that point, to follow through with that decision as opposed to dragging it on. Because, I mean, we would still be mad at the point where, I I mean, it was several months that, I guess, I'll I'll take it back, maybe about a a year and a half when I started having affairs that it was never known. I had a specific regiment and guidelines so much so that I'm like, I might write a memoir on how to I, cheat. <laughs> like, <laughs> the only at the point where I got caught, yeah, on how to cheat, called the rules of engagement. Don't steal my time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
Because I'm like, there's a right way to do the wrong thing, and that's regardless of whatever it is you're doing. There are rules right. to everything that you do. Um, and mm -hmm. as as much as in the wrong thing, equally in the right thing, you have to know when to get out. Uh, one of my favorite songs, you got to know when to hold them and know when to yeah, fold them. Know when to fold Know when to walk away and know when to run. And I appreciate you uh, coming up with a, with a uh, – with a handbook on uh, helping the cheating process <laughs> move a lot smoother because, you know, that's something that was lacking in the marketplace. And honestly, I'm with you, Anthony. Honestly, the core of it is it's going to more so detail how much time, effort, and energy it takes into successfully cheating. And that if you redirect this energy that you put into having these affairs, you can be successful in so many other things because you're putting a lot of thought a lot of plan if you do it correctly i put it that way at the point where i got caught i no longer cared i didn't have the, the energy to maintain this charade i didn't have the energy to um keep pouring in to two different and I mean, at a certain point i'm pouring into two different households to where now i'm pouring less into one household and more, more into the other and the more I take away from this household that I'm actually living in and supposed to be committed to, I'm also taking away from myself. And now this is all going into this one particular place. So now not only is my wife deficient, I am also deficient. And this person is becoming in abundance until it's like a, a what's a succubus. Anthony, Anthony was the black James Bond of cheating. I mean, to a degree, so, I mean, there was a, I mean, it takes, it's a science to it. All right. Um, but the point is like everything's gonna be rule number one my rule number one is like don't cheat it's really not ultimately it's not worth it oh but that's you what you say to, that's what you say right you it's like wink wink not not yeah. <laughs> but i'm saying no if you're going to do it if because there's a there's a psychologically you know i guess a, uh, a way of thinking as far as how you do it and if you want to do it successfully that lends to the idea that you do care about whoever your significant other is to a degree to where you'll keep them out of you'll okay. keep them away from embarrassment away from um i guess the knowledge of it you'll keep yourself physically and uh, in good health um and be like that entails be like sweetie i'm not reading this book to cheat i'm reading to not cheat don't cheat, but you can get my book on Amazon. I love it, man. Anthony, I love it. Feel alone. I don't want you to feel alone. Uh, as as a fellow Leo, I have that same problem when I'm with somebody. As if I'm when I was dating, there's always two or three other girls that wanted to date me. And the funny part was, is like when I quit dating, when I would quit dating the one girl, then other two or three would disappear, and then I, next time I got a girlfriend, then they're back again. So, <laughs> then I think it's, uh, it's something about Leos who always attract when we got somebody. And I Fire think what you said, Anthony, yeah. about um, cheating and caring, and because in my relationship, I, the cheating started very early, but I was protected. It was his last one. Where it was like he just didn't care anymore. He was right. just like, I, I ain't wasting no money. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. But I mean, the whole time it started our second year, we were married 31, and it was maybe two or three, maybe more. But he protected me from that, you know. Mm -hmm. But in this last one, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to play this game with you. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. And I think that's when my reality check came. The way he don't care no more. So. You know, so I, I agree. If, if you care about somebody, you're going you're gonna to protect, protect the number one. 
but still, it's still cheating. You know? I mean, yeah, it is still cheating, and I think that's also another uh, psychological thing to break into as far as why people do it, and then you get off into the different types of relationships as far as the difference between monogamy and or other ideas as far as polygyny or polygamy and polyandry and all these other yeah different institutions of affection yeah um and then that's a whole other story but as far as it's like that one line in um baby boy <laughs> i tell these hoes the truth i lie to you because i love you yeah. <laughs> I, don't give a, I don't like i don't care about these hoes. <laughs> and it sounds nonsensical but, but in the in a world where you are in, in, conducting these behaviors it makes perfect sense perfect um i'm sorry lamb said lamb had a question and we talked over him a little bit my question was are you familiar with biggie smalls's 10 crack commandments that's one of my favorites (laughs) that changed it up that made him the greatest big time big time follow the rules oh man can't go wrong yeah lyrically it was genius yeah he's he's a genius Shannon? Well, I'm actually going to tie this up because we're going to move over to another platform for more conversation. Um, I guess at one point in this year, we're going to have to come back for a part two. Facts. Because uh, this conversation is just getting better and better. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, really? Like, I'm about to go pop some popcorn. Um, so we're going to close with one question. Limit yourself to three words or a short answer. Um, for those of you who are wanting to pursue a new relationship and eventually get married, what are you carrying into this new concept of um, yourself? What are you bringing? What do you want from it? We'll start with Tracy. Oh, God. LA says we always start with her first. <laughs> okay. I'm um, I am bringing into the new, because I, I do want to be married again. I, I love I love the institution of marriage. Three words. Uh, I am bringing into a new me, a more open me, and God. Okay, LA. I am bringing into a new relationship transparency. I don't want to hide, and I don't want that person hiding. I just want to live in truth. This is why I love you, girl. I love it. <laughs> um, Olaf. What are you bringing? Besides our date to the movies. Date to the like date to the movies. So it's like uh, well, it's like for me. I guess it would be um, you know, the transparency. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to have no secrets. It's like I want to know, but you don't know everything about me. I know everything about you. Would be all right. Yeah. And just stability. Okay, I love it. Lamb, lammy and pajamas. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, you guys don't want to hear what I have to say. Look, there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of pumping. All right, there's gonna be a lot of pumping. That's all I'm saying. It's been yeah, it's look. The last time I had sex was eight years ago when I was with my ex-wife. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Absolutely, 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 absolutely. However, I've been entertained. All right. And uh, so, so in other words, I I espouse uh, similar uh, views like my homeboy Anthony, extroverted introvert, extroverted introvert. All right, well, praise Peace. the Lord, Anthony. What am I bringing into the next one? Honestly, um, I have a consistent theme. My thoughts create my reality. 
So in my next relationship or my next marriage, it is up to me as, you know, the God on this earth to create the type of reality that I want. Um, the physical manifestation of a being or the creator. I got the ability to do that. So that's what we're going to do. They got a job All open right. for you at the UN, my brother. Liam, you want to time out. Andre, what are you bringing? I'm bringing commitment to togetherness. That's hey it. now. Okay. All right. All right. So now we're going to ask y'all where we can follow y'all on social media. We always start with the ladies. Um, so, LA, tell us what we can do to follow you, where we can find you. Tell us about your upcoming podcast. Um, kind of keep us in the know. Okay. On Twitter, you can follow me at LAWade6. The six represents the T dot Toronto. Um, the six. So LA Wade six. And then on Instagram, I am this is LA Wade. I also have the Elephant Room TV on Instagram. And in terms of upcoming credit, credit. in terms of upcoming projects, I will be doing a town hall at the University of Toronto on Wednesday. Oh no, actually Friday. This Friday from four to six PM. I hope to be Eastern time. Vocal, but it will also be on iLive Radio. Eastern time. Eastern, Eastern time. That's right. Eastern Standard Time. And um, I'll be speaking on a spirituality panel at U of T on uh, the 28th. Um, there's a lot going on with LA. But I have to fill all of those places with uh, what I was trying to fill with a man before. So, Honey, you're doing it. I applaud you. Hats off to you. And every Sunday, too. Uh, Elephant Room. Every Sunday. We love to see your face. Thank you. And and shout out to Boogie. Yes, Boogie Down Productions. Yes. How can we get you on social media? Tell us what you got going on with your radio um, station and your show. Um, let the viewers know. Um, you can follow me at Tracy J. Caver on Facebook, also at Living Beneath the Shadow on Facebook as well as Living Beneath the Shadow and Trey J fifty four on Instagram. I have Friday Chronicles on Facebook which comes on on Fridays at four PM Eastern Standard Time. I have Living Beneath the Shadow um inspirational show on also Smooth Radio on Tuesday mornings at eight Thursday mornings at eight AM that's Central Standard Time. I am in the process of writing my book Living Beneath His Shadow God and the Man of God, which I'm hoping to have out by November of this year. Yay. Okay, moving over to the men folk, Ken folk. Um, Olaf, my brother, my friend, tell us how we get you on social media and don't hurt nobody. Okay, it's like, well, you can stalk me on both Facebook and Twitter at Olaf Barbosa, but as I always say, don't stalk too close because I do get nervous and I do have an itchy trigger. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it so much. Lamb, how can we get you on social media? You won't. You can't. It's never <laughs> been done. I've never done it. I don't okay. know. I, don't, I wouldn't know what to do. All right. Well, we'll pass all your questions that we have you for you. You guys can have my phone number. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> post that in the chat room um, for the people. They'll call you. Anthony, how can we get you on 
media. Tell us what you got going on. Um, I got a lot going on, um, but I'm going to condense it very shortly. So you can catch me at um, on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, practically any social media platform that I'm on. The same name, Free For Real. That's F-R-E-E-P-H-A-R-E-A-L. Um, I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be, but I'm definitely on IG. So that's that. And, oh, and also my other IG is Woodshed Pictures. That's where you can find some of my photography and videography work, uh, director of photography, all that good stuff. So, I mean, this year I'm continuing on my um, certifications in the ways of the gun. So um, oh. I'm working to become a Georgia State licensed firearms instructor. So yeah. that's happening. I'm also... Um, I'm considering putting myself through the police academy to be a peace officer. That's awesome. Um, I got to drop a little bit of bread for that, though. <laughs> so yeah. it's a consideration. Um, you got an album coming out? I do have an EP coming out. But that's going to be probably closer to my birthday, July 28th, Leo season, Leo Nation, you know, all that good stuff. That's not what great it's called. Great photographer, you know. great singer, pop um, all you know, yeah, me and Shannon, we can do a uh, background for your album. You know, we're just hey, saying. Man, I'll give you uh, a solo. <laughs> you gonna sing a solo, my guy? <laughs> I, I, I sing. I, I sing, sing solo. I sing solo. I sing solo. Nobody can hear me. Hey, that's, that's it. You and Olaf is on the money right now. So um, now I'm probably gonna build a couple more guns. I got a motorcycle just recently, so I'm excited about that because I'm trying to be a sex symbol this summer. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Anthony. Um, and I'm trying to buy a house this year, so it's a lot going on. So, yeah, you know what I mean? All right, man. Mr. Fancy Pants. Last but not least on the panel, Andre, tell us about your podcast and how we can follow you. Family blog, share all that stuff. All right, yeah, I put all the links uh, in the sites on the in the chat. Um, so this coming Thursday at 8 p.m., Rap with Dre, the Togetherness Podcast. We'll be talking about filling up your spouse's love bank all right, for a healthy withdrawal. Mm. All right. But you got to make deposits to get that withdrawal. So all right. Um, also, so that's this Thursday on Get Vocal at 8 p.m. Uh, on Twitter, you can hit me up on, at uh, Andre D. Harrison. On Instagram, it's Andre underscore D underscore Harrison. And on YouTube, I have a family vlog with my kids. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash reality dad TV. Or you can uh, search Harrison Family Vlogs. That's me from Harrison Family Vlogs for those watching on YouTube. And I have a website for uh, what I do when I help couples with, with um, their relationships. You can go to togethernesscoaching.com to get more information on that. That's awesome. Thank you, Andre. Kente Ferguson. Uh, real quick before before we say uh, goodbye, I want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Mike Williams in the chat room, uh, and also uh, La Piscean. I think I, I might have said him already. Uh, I know there's somebody else I'm leaving out. Uh, please Thanks forgive me. Uh, oh yeah, of course. So so Steph. I was trying to yeah. cover those who I didn't get. Um, and then also uh, in the get vocal, uh, Danny is in there. As well as um, let's see who else is oh Tracy's there too uh, Bobby and Herbie as well and they've been they've been Bye. hanging out they've been hanging out for a while now um, and I want to say to everybody on this panel and Audrey who is no longer with us on the panel and Narcissus as well uh, you know I love you know their work they're doing great things so please make sure everybody that you give them support <laughs> you know you check out what they're doing because they're doing some really big stuff. 
we have a group called the Podcasters and Streamers Alliance, where the idea of it is that we can um, post in that group to uh, like-minded people, either people who listen to this kind of content as well as produce it. So if you're not a member of it, uh, please let me know so I can make sure that you guys can become one. Uh, A lot of the the people that you see that's in their chat rooms and whatnot are there. So you can post in there, let people know that your program is uh, available. Uh, What I think I'm going to do is make a a schedule so everybody can see when everybody's thing is popping with links to it and all that good stuff. So, uh, uh, but take advantage of it. There's a lot of people in there. And also if you have any, need any advice on how to do any technical work with your podcast or your streaming show, there's, there's all kind of experts in there who can help you. And some people are even so nice that they'll walk you through this stuff. So, uh, you know, and I do it as well. I'm, I'm here. I know, uh, Olaf, is uh, he he helps out as well as a lot of other people. So I just wanted to make sure I, I guess I hadn't talked about it in a while, but I want to make sure people know that. All right. You can get me at Kente F on Twitter and on Instagram. It's Kente Ferguson, F E R G E R S O N. And then also you can go to our website. It's called Indie radio.org. That's I N D Y radio.org. And I'm going to reiterate this Friday uh, at 1 PM Pacific, 4 PM uh, Eastern. Um, we're going to have the elephant room uh, special town hall broadcast. It's going to be amazing. And she kind of downplayed it. This is going to be a big thing. So if you are available, check this out. You're going to want to see it. This is going to be a big thing. And I want you guys to participate. So if you're, if you're available, please check it out. So thank you. And Shannon, how can we get you? Um, for me, it's pretty simple. My name is the same across all platforms. Shannon Ford, like the president, hyphen Jefferson, like the president on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I'm also a published author, poetry, all of my books. There are five. You can find them on Amazon.com. Um, that's it for me, folks. Um, thank you, everyone, and all the other platforms, Game Vocal, Periscope, um, YouTube, for watching us and we'll see y'all next week. And we're going to be bugging out next week. It's not going to be as deep, but it's going to be fun. Bye. <laughs> the all new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if, what if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota. Let's go places. JBL and Clarifier registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated. The big wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract, ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions.